Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the 24th episode of Limerick Junior Soccer Focus with myself, Adrian Finn, and joined once again this evening uh, by Aidan Ryan. As we have a very upbeat programme, it's fair to say, uh, tonight, Aidan. We got our wish with three Limerick sides advancing to the semi-final of the Munster Junior Cup. Um, you know, we, we were we were delighted with that, it's fair to say. Um, and just, I suppose, to jump straight into the games themselves, Aidan, we, on Saturday last week, we had Ballinanti Rovers coming through fairly unscathed, it's fair to say, 3-0 victory over College Corinthians. We were hopeful that it would be a relatively straightforward day for Ballinanti, as well as, as straightforward as they can be, I suppose, at that stage of a, a monster competition. You had Javi Ingebido, Josh Adams and Durham Fitzgerald with a free kick getting on the score sheet. So a good day for Ballinanti. Good day for Ballinanti, Adrian. Great weekend for Limerick football to have three teams into the semi-final. Um, I look. I suppose we called this result, didn't we? We we kind of expected Ballard to come through this one. Um, again, kept the clean sheets, which Ballard seemed to be uh, doing at, at uh, regularly in these cup competitions, and it's so important. But the key to these games as well, especially away from home, Adrian, they scored after I think it was fifteen minutes. I think Aberdeen got the goal after fifteen. We think the second goal came after half an hour. So yeah. Josh Adams coming up with his with. His, with the third goal and a regular goal for him at this stage after, I think, 60 or 70 minutes. So, really good victory away from home. We expected them to do it, but the fact that they stamped their authority early in the match after 15 minutes is so important when you're playing these games away. Um, so, it was great to see see Ballard coming home with the victory. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know as well, and in another boost, it was one thing I noticed, a, a player coming off the bench who... Maybe has, has fallen off the radar due to injury, unfortunately for himself, was Eddie Burns, who could be a key player for them if they can have him for the, the run into the season and on up to fitness. Yeah, well, we'll just see how, how uh, he's come through this game now. Adrian, I haven't had any reports after in terms of uh, how the injury went for him because he's been out a long while. Mm. They'll obviously be hoping that um, his recovery after the game will be okay and it will be important that he, he looks after the recovery because some fellas can come back a little bit uh, too early after a serious injury and uh, push themselves too hard. But you see, players want to play in these games as well. It's a, it, as I said last week, it's a great time to be involved in Ben Nanty when you're into the semi-final of the two uh, two big big cups in the country, the Provincial Cup, obviously, and then the FAI. Yeah, absolutely. And joining them as well in, in that will be Region United, who also had a very routine victory, in a 4-0 victory at home against Avondale. That was another one where you were hopeful that Region would come through it, although I didn't expect it to be quite as, as comprehensive on the score sheet. Owen Duff got a brace, Kieran O'Connell and Andrew Cowper, regional stalwarts, obviously, on the score sheet as well. So, you know, as last eight ties go in, in the Munster Junior Cup, that's as good as it's going to get, Aidan, really. Yeah, we felt we felt there were good ties from there, Aidan, didn't we? We felt that these two ties, you know, they were they were good ties for the for the Limerick sides. And again, did they score after 15, 15 20 minutes? Um, yeah. maybe training up at half time. Um the usual suspects coming up with the goals, Kieran, Kieran O'Connell, uh, obviously Andrew Cowper and uh, my man uh, Owen Duff uh, chipping in with two goals, which led to his tally for the for the for the top yes. scorer for the season, which we'll be delighted with that. But great to see him keeping a clean sheet again. And listen, they'll be looking forward to the semi-final now. Obviously, themselves and Bella are going to be meeting each other. So that has that has all the makings of a fantastic game. Great to see them coming through it and, and by all accounts, a comfortable win. Yeah, and that's something we will be getting on to the, the semi-final pairings uh, soon, Eden. But not before we discuss 
Fairview Rangers, which was a really dramatic win, and, and you'll know all about that after making the trip uh, to Tipperary. They overcame Peak Villa 3-2 uh, on the day. It only begins to tell the story of the drama, really, doesn't it? Yeah, listen, I, I was looking forward to this game, and I'm glad I went down to see it. Um, really good game overall, have to say. Adrian, disappointed with how Fairview played, even though they won the game, and a bit like Bella, I suppose, down in Killarney in the FBI. You you uh you have to do what you have to do to 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 win, and they they did what they had to do. But if 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 you're if you're a neutral looking at this game, and certainly if you're Pete Villa looking at this game, agent, they'll be scratching their heads wondering how they left this game. They left this game behind them. This game was in their control, and uh, I thought they let they let it slip. Not a whole lot in the first half. I thought Pete were on top, Adrian. Fairview started well for about five or six minutes, but Pete got got the grips with the with the game and. They kind of dominated the football really without, without I suppose, hurting uh, Fairview. Had a couple of headers just over the bar and that. Josh, uh, Josh um, McCarthy in goal, I thought, did very well. Took a couple of dangerous balls, dominated his box. The peak of the team on top until until uh, Jeffrey Judge's goal agent after half an hour. Um, the peak left full, who who had been having a fantastic match up to then on, on uh, Darrell Rainsford. Just thought he, thought he could nip in and and uh, make an interception on the ball that was on his way out to, on his way out to Rainsford. Didn't make it. Rainsford getting behind him, got to the byline, squared a fantastic ball, and uh, Jeffrey Judge side footed the ball into the corner of the net for a really good goal. Fantastic quality about it. One nil at half time. Second half, familiar pattern. Peak dominating the game, Adrian. Just at times, Adrian, it was it was. It was hard to see Fairview getting out of their half. They couldn't get out of their half. And I was a bit surprised with the tactics as well. They played their usual 4-3-3, but it was very predictable. I didn't think the front three for Fairview did particularly well. Coughlin, Ellis, or, or Rainsford at times. I didn't think they were playing like they normally play. They didn't have that spark in their game. And I thought they were taking the wrong options and the decision-making was poor. And uh, on 70 minutes... um. Peak got the that got the equaliser, deserved the equaliser. Left full burn got down the left the left wing, pulled the ball back, and uh, a great finish, a great finish uh, into the corner of the net. One all within a minute, it was two one. Fairview had a corner, got caught in the break, and two scourges during the match for for Peak Phil in terms of Fairview. Keith Cahill and Ronan Maguire combined and caught Fairview for pace in behind. Another great finish, two one. And I'll tell you something now, Adrian, it could have been three or four one after that because um, Fairview were, were, were in trouble, in my opinion. Peak were slicing through them like butter. And uh, that goal came, that league goal came with about 18 minutes left, Adrian. And for mm. the next seven or eight minutes, Fairview decided to go three at the back. And I actually said to the Steve, Steve Callahan came down to the game with me and I said that Peak were going to score again. They looked like they were going to score again. But for some reason, Adrian, with 12 minutes left, the peak, the sideline, decided to take off the two best players in the pitch, in my opinion, Keith Cahill and Ronan Maguire. And they went 4-5-1 at the back and decided to leave Steve Carroll up top in his zone, brought on two defensive players into that five across the middle and obviously decided tactically to wait, wait it out and to, and, to, and, and to defend it. And I thought it played into Fairview's hands and I thought the pendulum strong, uh, swung a bit and Fairview started launching a lot of balls into the box because uh, Peak decided to defend deep. 
and didn't have a, as much pace on the pitch when they were breaking against the tree at the back for Fairview. And I thought tactically it was a mistake. And eventually Fairview wore him down. Three minutes injury time, got a penalty. And it was definitely a penalty. Make no mistake about it. And Steve Bradley kept his cool and got, mm-hmm. uh, got the got the equaliser, Adrian. And we were in extra time. Absolutely. And I know Jack Arra played a big part in extra time. Um, hearing also as well that, you know, from yourself and others, Ed, that it may have been a harsh uh, yeah, sending off. Well, in extra time, Adrian, you could feel, as I said, the pendulum strong, uh, swung big time. Um, I thought Peak looked the beaten sides. And Fairview took over extra time. And Jack Arra, who had come on for really the ineffective Conor Ellis, and actually Conor Ellis missed, missed the one chance he had in the game, a fantastic chance, Adrian, when they were 2-1 down. He missed a simple header from, from about eight yards out. But Arra mm-hmm. came on, I thought he made a big difference to the team, Adrian. He held the ball up, he recited it, he ran the channels. And physically, he worked really hard uh, getting at the, at the peak back line. And uh, he got the lead goal going into extra time the first few minutes again Rainsford got down the right very very good cross into the box Adrian and Ara peeled off to the back post and side footed the ball home now I can't remember his first yellow card I, if I remember right he was probably deserved because he took he took he took one for the team I think he just caught a fella who was trying to break free and he got a yellow card for it but his second yellow I thought was very very harsh Adrian I didn't think it was deserved at all but uh Look, he got it. He was sent off. It's going to be a problem now, Aidan, isn't it? Because if you look at it, um, we how much, how, how many times we said it this year that he maybe has rescued Fairview in games, particularly off the bench, coming up as an impact player. Um, maybe Conrell is not firing in all cylinders as well, Aidan, but it just puts it now into the, the only option, obviously, for, for the next Munster Junior game in that semi-final, which, which Arrow will, will miss now, is Conrell. And, and you won't have that impact off the, the bench if there was to be a non-starter. Yeah, he's going to be a huge loss. He put in a huge shift when he came on. I would have brought him on a lot earlier, Adrian. I thought he would have affected the game a lot earlier if he'd have brought on, brought on uh, if Paul had brought on Jack Arra maybe a few minutes into the second half, actually. That's how ineffective I thought some of the Fairview frontmen were. They weren't making any impression in the game for me. Um, and I thought tactically that, that front three didn't use their heads as well as they should have and their decision-making was poor. And he's going to be a huge loss, in my opinion, mm-hmm. an absolutely massive loss because he affected the game when he came on and you want your men off the bench to uh, to affect the game. And he certainly did that. So uh, it'll be a big disappointment for him personally, but it'll be a big uh, a big blow to Fairview in that semi-final later. And there's no doubt about it. I mean, we mentioned it actually in the FAI, Aidan, obviously Fairview went out of that competition, but we mentioned it even in the games that they may have got through, that we didn't see them firing on all cylinders, maybe particularly uh, the, the, the front three players um, like they were earlier on in the league season as well. Um, I suppose, look, you can look at it two ways. If you're a Fairview uh, supporter or if you're Paul Danner, you look at it as we didn't play very well. We got out with the win, being obviously the, the massive uh, takeaway from it. They got through the game. But is there also maybe, you know, a slight concern there that maybe Fairview aren't, you know, playing particularly well in the games? I know people say it's about results in and getting through in cup competition. We have said it ourselves. That's fair enough. But, you know, th- there's a time where you feel like you do also have to play well, you know, at some stage in the bigger games. Well, as Trapattoni says, uh, Adrian, it's not about the show. It's all about results. Yeah. And uh, Paul Danaher can, can echo with that. At the end of the day, they showed a bit of character, Adrian, because yeah. they were two, two down away from home against home officials. 
by the mm. way. So they did show a bit of character to, to come through the game. As I as I as I'm saying, I think Pete left them off the hook. I didn't think Pete's sideline made good decisions. And I thought some of the Pete players kind of slumped a little bit when some of those decisions were made. The confidence seemed to be knocked out of him. Having said all that, um Fairview got through the results, not playing particularly well. On the way home, we were having discussion about it, Adrian, and I was trying to think of players on that Fairview team who actually played well, and I was struggling. I I thought the keeper was outstanding, Josh um, Josh McCarthy. Yeah. He he made three or four excellent stops during the game. He dominated his box. He was nice and loud. He was like a sweeper at times. His distribution was good. Other than that, I was looking maybe at Stephen Bradley, who took a yellow card earlier on in the match and who kept his discipline uh, throughout the game to stay in the game, Adrian. He was very important for Fairview and how he played. I thought Shane Duggan put in a very good shift. Maybe Jeffrey Judge, kind of in and out of the match. He was carrying an injury, a lot of heavy strapping on his knee. I thought he did uh, quite well. And maybe uh, maybe uh, uh, Dylan at the back, uh, I thought he did, did quite well. But other than that, Adrian, that's what's that, four or five players? Mm. I thought the other five or six were quite poor on the day. Didn't play particularly well. Thought the decision-making was poor. And just weren't on the game, Adrian, and listen to pitch. The pitch wasn't bad. No, he was he was in good condition. I thought, given the given the weather we'd had, and we were spot, we were speaking about that during the week, weren't we? About how I yeah. felt. I know that maybe Fairview need a firm ground, especially the front men in order to play. But um, I I didn't think they played particularly well. But they kept going. They showed a bit of character. And at the end of the day, Adrian, they're into the semi final of the Munster Junior Cup, and they're the holders, and they want to retain us. And Paul Danner can can uh, throw that at anybody, including myself. It's all about. It is all about results, Adrian. Absolutely, and you know, obviously, you know, you know, people will say I have great experience, obviously, with the likes of Shane Duggan and Jeffrey Judge, who you mentioned in the squad. But I mean, you did mention maybe when Balananti were going to Dublin a few weeks ago, Ed, that you know, when you're up against it away from home, the last thing you want, for instance, is a Limerick side coming back making excuses that there was home officials, like you were saying there, against every, and the game was going against you. So to be fair to Fairview, like you have mentioned a couple of times already, obviously. Managed to get through that, and and that's that's a, a huge thing to be fair. And score three goals away from home, Adrian. You know, down to ten men in extra time. Saw the game out. I thought they actually did really well in extra time over the two periods. I thought some of the decisions by the officials during the game slightly favoured Peak, which you would uh, which you would expect because they're they're uh, home officials. But what the big important decision, Adrian? The big important decision. Three minutes into injury time. Those home officials made sure that Fairview got the penalty, and didn't bottle it. And it was a penalty because the 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 peak the peak um, contingent weren't particularly arguing about it. And I thought mm. peak were were uh, suffering a bit uh, in that last ten minutes, Adrian, uh, uh, when they had gone four five one. I didn't think it suited their style of play. I don't I think, think that it was a, um, like um, sorry to cut across you, but it just it's it's a topical thing at the moment because. Obviously, with 3D United, we saw it against that loan. Um, you know, they were, you know, they were against 10 men. But, you know, coming towards the end of the game, they were in the lead. Um, maybe slightly early started, you know, effectively, you know, trying to kill the game. Maybe a bit of time wasting and that. And, and it seemed to backfire. And, and it seems like you're suggesting it was the same for Peak Villa in, in comparison. Well, they're an attacking uh, outfit, Adrian. I said at you... 
you know, throughout the season, and especially since we knew, for instance, they were going to be playing Pike, and I have seen Pete Phil over the last couple of years a few times, they, they want to attack. That's the way they play. They go out and play the game. They put the ball in the floor. They get players forward. And they were a real threat at 2-1. You know, they created two or three very good chances, some latch-ditch defending from, from Fairview. And remember, when they went ahead 2-1, Fairview went three at the back, and he took off two attacking-minded players who I thought had a huge influence on the game. And I didn't think they were injured, Adrian. And he bought mm. on two defensive players and went 4-5-1 instead of them. And I'm going to tell you now that of the two players he brought on, one of them was carrying an injury. He didn't start the match. So he was pre-injured before the before the game and he, mm. and he came on in the five. So I didn't think it suited their, their setup at all. And I thought Fairview took over the match and the pendulum swung towards them. So you got to be careful what you wish for. And sometimes you got to stick to your strengths. And I didn't think Pete Filler did, did that. And uh, now I suppose the, the reward that all the Limerick sides will get for that, Aidan, is a, is a bumper weekend of action now, which has been confirmed for uh, Saturday the 15th of April and Sunday the 16th of April. Both games will be taking place at Jackman Park, Aidan, as well. So that's great for the Limerick Soccer Public uh, to get out and take in games. And they'll be within 18 or 19 hours of each other as well, because Ballinanti Rovers will take on regional on Saturday uh, the 15th of April at 7pm, while Fairview will take on Newmarket, I believe it's at 12 o'clock on the Sunday uh, the April 16th so it promises to be a great weekend and, and, and surely we'll be there in our droves I'm, I'm surprised that game on Sunday's on early Adrian because uh, I thought we'd have passport control there for the new market lads coming in from Clare but <laughs> um, it's going to be a weekend a weekend feast of football Adrian isn't it really two fantastic mm-hmm. games to look forward to um, the game Saturday night is going to be really intriguing um, with regional and and Bella. and regional's form has has improved markedly uh, the last month or two. There's no doubt about that in terms of their league form and and their cup form, which has been quite good. All right, fair enough. Ashling beat them in the loss, and but this Munster Junior Cup has uh, grabbed their imagination. So that's going to be an intriguing game. I think the general consensus around is that Ballinanti are favourites for the day, Jim. Mm. You couldn't be right. You couldn't be right in regional allowed of this. Absolutely not. Given uh, some of the players they have at their disposal in the game Sunday, what a game that's going to be between Newmarket and Fairview. And Newmarket did really well last weekend as well, Adrian. I was talking to someone involved. Um, very comfortable win down against Ferry Bank. I think three uh, one. They weren't. They weren't flattered with the three one. Yeah, it does promise to be a, a really exciting uh, weekend. Um, Claire will be looking to spoil the party slightly uh, on, on that weekend, Aidan, but um, obviously we'll go into a lot more detail coming up to that, those two games as well uh, on this podcast and, and we'll do a, a big build-up uh, on Sport and Limerick for those. Uh, you mentioned regional, Aidan, in league action this week, they travelled to face Pike Rovers uh, in Crossagala. It's funny you say it because of Valenanti being seen as, as favourites for, for the semi-final tie. Because one of the carrots for regional going into this game is, surprisingly, if they win, they will actually leapfrog Ballinanti in the league table and go to within three points of fair view. Now, they will have one more game played if they do manage to win this, but you couldn't have foreseen that a few weeks ago even. Absolutely not. And listen, what a fantastic incentive for regional on Sunday morning going up to the current league leaders in a huge game, an absolutely massive game for both teams. As you say, regional can pop on to 28 points, isn't it? Yeah, even even a point, Adrian. Even a point takes him to join fourth with with uh, with Ballon twenty six points. 
So a massive insight. And they'll have no fear going up there, Adrian, because as you're as you're aware, the last game, I saw the last league game where they played Pike and they got an equaliser going into injury time. It was the night of the the, the fog outside in regional where um, yes. it looked like a, it looked like the one nil to the pike again until uh, a couple of minutes into injury time when uh, I think it was Kieran Connell popped up with the with the equaliser. So they'll have no fears going up there. And on the other side of the coin, you've Pike uh, looking to cement their place and on top of the Premier going on to 40, 41 points if they um yeah if they get the victory there. Like you're and talking listen, 10 points, Aidan, and I know it's one thing you always said, like 10 points, even though they'll have two more games played than Fairview, I'm sure Fairview would swap to have the points on the board and try and, and oh, yeah. rather than chasing. No, no, it's all about what you've done, Adrian. It's all about points on the board. Games in hand, they mean nothing. You're you're looking up the table. So uh, a big incentive for Pike. And listen, Pike are playing, uh, playing very well. I saw them against Ballinant in that last league game and I thought they managed the game superbly. Certainly saw the goal of the season in my opinion, from Stephen again, but managed the game really well. And I think uh, they'll have Owen Hanron to come back into the squad. He, I don't think he was in the squad for that game uh, uh, against Bella that day. So he, he's due back. So they'll be back to, uh, to to almost full strength and I'm sure they're looking forward to it. Yeah, and they do normally uh, get the upper hand on regional. Now, we do know that they strangle a lot of teams, uh, you know, figuratively, of course, um, when, when, when they do play them, particularly at home, you know, I know that the neutral will probably be hoping for, for a result outside of a pike win in general anyway, and just for the league, I suppose. Yeah, we need a result, even if they, if they can manage the draw. Look at it, gives, it still gives Fairview some hope in terms of um, catching pike. If pike win this game, it's another three points on the board. And listen, what what is it, two goals conceded, Adrian, in 14 <laughs> league? I mean... <laughs> That's crazy stuff. I mean, I... Listen, it's 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 one of the it's it's listen, if they pull this off this season and win this league title with that with, with that sort of a record, it'll go down as one of the best league seasons ever. Now listen, I'm jumping the gun a bit, but fourteen games and only two goals conceded, it's just absolutely Brilliant. astonishing yeah, absolutely. at this It's astonishing at this yeah. level of football. And that back four deserve deserve huge credit and we've spoken about them, Gary Neville. Pat Mullins, who, in my opinion, is playing the best football of his career, and, and certainly looks looks in fantastic condition. Adrian, absolutely brilliant condition. Uh, he's been around so long, and you you think that conditioning would wear a bit? It has not. He's he's just getting better with age. And uh, Adam Lipper, and the and and the other back nine, the other lads in the back nine, absolutely fantastic. Absolutely, and and I suppose that will be an intriguing game Sunday as well. Another intriguing game, Aidan, is actually in the bottom six. You've Crew Park hosting Tuna. Just looking at the league tables before this as well, and I mean, would it be fair to say that for the motivation for Kuna, basically, be you get a win here, and and surely that seals uh, Premier football for you for another season. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. They must be thinking about that during this week, uh, Adrian, at the at, at the sessions they're having. They'll go on to 23 points. Um, you still have Mungers, I think, on 17 points. You have James on 14. James 14. Listen, Jamesborough, five games left. I, I think I said to you last week, you're you're looking at Jamesborough winning minimum, minimum three matches out of five, possibly four out of five. I haven't shown and that for all season. Yeah, and two of those games are against Mungers. Uh, two of the Jamesborough matches against Mungers. So I think Coon are looking at this certainly as the safety net if they can get to three points here. Even a point would be a very good result for them, Adrian. 
I don't think they've won in the last couple of matches and conceded a few goals in against Charleville in the five three defeat, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So they'll need to tighten that shape up a bit, tighten that defence up, maybe change the mindset a bit, Adrian, in terms of their shape, and try and try and come out with with, with a result. I mean, the big uh, the big thing for Crew Park obviously is if the, if they get their three points, they match um, Charleville on twenty three points. And they'll want and, uh, their response as well, I suppose, considering the, the Munger regional result and performance. Yeah, and it depends on their attitude and whether they want to win this this coveted shield or not and, and give uh, your team, Charleville, a run for it. I've ever paid off already. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll see. It depends on, on attitudes uh, uh, Sunday morning. Um, big game for Kuna, Adrian, isn't it? Massive game for Kuna. Um, they'll need a full, full squad. Certainly needs the backline as as strong as they as they can get it because they'll need to get a result out of this. It's incredible, really, Ed, isn't it? Because obviously I do remember from oh, without putting myself down too much from playing playing against Kuna in the lower leagues, uh, maybe about six or seven years ago, that they could be facing. Would it be say, would it be the fourth or fifth consecutive season for if that they would get Premier Football for um you know? Which considering the fact that the club had never really reached high echelons, would, would be an unbelievable achievement to be fair. A fantastic achievement for the major, given where they came from, and they still have a lot of guys that would have been on that yeah, run for the last four yeah. years, like John Miles and Gordon McKevitt, and there's, yeah. there's a few others there. And the other good thing, Adrian, and as you know, I've experienced of being out there, having played with the 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 B side for a few years, is that a lot of the youngsters that were on the B team that I was involved in have made the step up for yeah. for the first team. Which is great to see because you're you're churning out your own the whole time. Now, obviously, in the last couple of years, they had to mix it up. You know, they brought in a few fellas from I think the you know a few fellas in Ballet like Ron and Ryan and Andrew Layden has joined there and a few more. But that had to be done because you you do need to um to mix it up a bit because it's hard to hold on to your own as well. And especially with Kuna, a lot of lads have moved abroad and stuff like that. But they've done really well, and it's great to see some of their own still connected. Uh, Ian Conley still connected with the management team there. And I'm delighted to see that. And it's very important for the club. And look, I, I've always wished them the best. They're a former club of mine, having played with the second team down there. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping that they do well, Adrian. I really hope that they, I haven't jinxed it there by almost preempting that they'll already be in Premier uh, next year. They probably wouldn't thank me for that. Um, but Aidan, actually, there was another outside of Premier, uh, which I know is our main focus uh, every week, particularly with uh, Munster Junior and FAI Cup competitions, because generally it's the Premier sides get that far. Uh, I have been slightly criticised in in the last few months, maybe for not delving a bit into the the lower divisions. You know, um, you know, I, I, it's a fair point. It's a fair argument. To be fair, it's just that I, you know, you always want to focus maybe on on one division because if I was trying to focus on all of them, we'd probably get nothing done or nothing concrete done. But anyway, uh, in saying that, I was trying to add it maybe at the end of every week to maybe have a discussion about a, a certain division or a certain team from another division. And one team that has caught my eye, I was aware that they were up of the the division because I, I know Castle Rovers, my old team that's playing in the same division as them, is Cahard Avon Celtic. 
uh, Aiden. There's been a bit of turbulence maybe in the last few years at Cardavan. They haven't went below our, our side of fourth tier, but they're back in the third tier of football. Now, as long as I remember, Cardavan were always a second tier team, never really seemed to go up, never seemed to go down, but they are in the third tier. But 13 victories and one draw from 14 games in a league season by any stretch is, is an unbelievable achievement. And obviously, they're, they're odds on uh, to, to be champions, uh, never mind get promoted. That's been a, a really good uh, season for them. Fantastic revival, Adrian. You know, if you, if you were asking me to name a manager of the year, you'd have to be looking at Carol Meehan, wouldn't you? Um, mm. This this Cardavan side, and he's revamped the side the last two seasons, Adrian, uh, in terms of the age profile, he's revamped it completely. They're a very young team now. It's sprinkled with one or two maybe experienced players like Keane Williams and that. But he's revamped the squad totally, and they play lovely football. They were promoted last year. I'm very lucky, Adrian, in that um, they were playing a lot of games here. I can look out my window, actually, and see them playing where I'm living here in, uh, in Ferndale. I can see the pitch. And uh, they have been on a great run the last few seasons. But the one thing about Carroll is he's he's has been playing a beautiful, beautiful brand of football, a fantastic brand of football, an attacking brand of football, has him fit, has him training, has the... Uh, intensity and the void back in the club again and it's great to see it and they've been on a terrific run there's no doubt about that this season for a team that came up Adrian it's been yeah. a, a fantastic achievement because as you know when you jump a division you're 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 jumping a level and it's it's not easy you'll be able to match five or six teams normally in that division but there's teams at the top top level that you might be able to match but Carol has uh, jumped that bridge and got the team playing playing terrific terrifically well and I'm delighted to see it. And their odds up, uh, odds on to go up. And they had a great win in the the cup the weekend as well, Adrian. Beat Palace yeah. Green, who were who are rivals with them last year. Beat them well, seven or eight nil, I think. Uh, and it's it's funny you say it, Adrian, because oh, I did have an uncle one time uh, who told me, and I remember playing with, with Castle Rovers as well. And we were in Division Two B at the time, and we were top of that league. And Oh, I remember him saying, if you do, if you have a really good team that's really, you know, way ahead in that league, momentum is a huge thing. And if you do keep that squad, maybe add two or three players every season to it. I remember we went up more than three years in a row at uh, that time as well. Now, you know, you eventually meet your level. Cardavan, like you said, promoted last year. Looks like they're going again this year. Momentum is a huge thing in junior football. And if you have organisation and a manager who's really interested, it can, it can count for a lot. Yeah, and he's listen. He's Carmine is ingrained in the in the ethos of Cardavan uh, for years with their schoolboys, with their youth team, and now obviously with the juniors and having played in the club himself. And plus the fact he's a fantastic brain for the game, uh, Adrian. I know Carroll quite well, tactically very astute, and uh, was a very good centre forward. Of course, in his his own day, having had a spell a spells in the Premier League as well. So um, listen, I've no fears about them. They're certainly going to go up by the by by all accounts, and uh, when they get when they do get up, and we're not going to put the jinx in them or anything, but when they do get up, I know that uh, Carol will have them set right for the next stage in their development. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it certainly seems to be a, a whirlwind that Carl having at, at the moment. Uh, Aiden, I suppose just on a final mention, there's a big Sir U Cup game taking place on Sunday as well at Jackman Park at two p.m. Uh, National Academy taking on Villa FC. Uh, of Waterford. We obviously know that Ashton Cody, you know, have been making strides in terms of just in terms of the population, even Aiden, and the amount of players they have playing at, at underage level at every at 
you know, in the club. Um, I suppose, look, if you're looking at it, if you're likes of John Lysett, who's the manager of the, the A team and other junior teams below, you'll be looking at this saying, this is an encouraging sign that you know, you're getting your teams to the, the last stages of the Munster Youth Cup. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's great for the club. But you know what, no, Adrian, I'd expect him to be getting there. There's a lot of resources put into the teams out there. A lot of coaching. Um, uh, the, the the quality of the youngsters out there has always been been very good from, from 9, 10, 11s up. Um, they have a big catchment area. So I, I a bit like us talking about us expecting three or four teams to be reaching... You know the last eight, the last four in terms of the junior level of the Munster Junior Cup and the FAI. I would expect I would expect Ashing to be reaching this this stage of the 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 provincial and national competitions regularly every season, given the amount of work and resources they put in to their youth system out there. And we we've, we've spoken about the uh, template of the club before, Adrian. And mm. I feel and I said this we've spoken about this. This is the way it needs to go. They should be reverting to this. And the, yeah. the these youngsters are quite good. They have a very good side here, very good squad, and the next step for this squad should be promotion to their to their Premier A team and their junior team, and that's what the club need to do, and keep these youngsters together. Make sure they put a system in place that these youngsters aren't going anywhere else, and that you're not uh, setting up the system that the that the, the youngsters aren't going to be promoted into Premier A and uh, and to the prim and to the obviously the Premier team which is going to be very important. But obviously, we wish them the best of luck on Sunday. Very important for the club. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And we want to see them getting a result on Sunday. And best of luck to them.